Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Look out, mate! Look out, mate! Which is, of course, Australian for Acton Acton. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, the Second World War podcast. Happy to debunk the myth that little old England bravely fought Germany alone. Yes, given that yesterday was Anzac Day, and what better way of starting the show than with a bit of strine? And to show our even-handedness, you'll be right, bro, you'll be right, bro, which is, of course, Kiwi for Achtung Achtung. James Holland is here. Fresh from a, his um, epic trek across London, I did. Um, I did a fifth of that trek and thought to myself, "Well, you've done a nice long walk, my friend, twenty thousand steps or whatever." That made, I mean, this that trek made Hannibal's sixteen-day march across the Alps look like a walk in the park. It was quite amazing, Jim. Friday. Yeah, thought. no, it was a good day. I, I, I was. Um, it was. I was very happy to reach Chertsey CC. I have to say, in the end. Um, <laughs> There was a bit of faffing in the middle of the day, and then we got uh, we had a lovely time at Twickenham, and we got we got held up there. So we didn't leave Twickenham till six p.m., and then we discovered that Ooh. that we still had another eleven miles to go. And that was that was that was quite hard. The last bit was a bit kind of you know it was all getting a bit dusky, you know, and so but it was it was it's sort of nearly nine o'clock yeah. by the time we actually got into. Chertsey Cricket Crikey. Club, but actually I felt all right. I, I felt fine. I, the, my yeah. my dark moment was definitely in the afternoon when I was sort of walking through East Sheen, which is a sort of long straight road, of not particularly attractive. But sorry for anyone who lives there. Um, and, but it was a bit sort of soul destroying, and we realised that we we still have another extra four miles to do than what we thought. Yeah. I bought I bought a stove there once. Don't knock Sheen. Okay, a very nice stove. Right. But then I had a. I mean, you've had a nice weekend away, haven't you, Dan and Mitchell Diva? Yes, we went down to Mitchell Devon, and that was that was very nice. Um, by Popham, it's by Pop Aerodrome, so you get yeah, yeah. a plane. Yeah, it's not yeah. not that restful, but uh, uh, with the planes. But um, yes, a very nice, a very nice um, weekend. And I've been reading uh, Warrior, Warriors for the Working Week, uh, Working Day, um, as a as a sort of um, someone recommended it to me. And I, yeah, I think I think it was on, me. On a, well, you did no, but you you did ages ago. But then someone else it popped up. Someone else did uh, the other day. We, we was talking about um, uh, novelizations, and uh, and then of course I you know I buy it, and you're on the cover saying um, absolutely gripping or something. So I thought, oh, God, yeah, well, I, I might have said that before, and actually probably read it. If I'm honest, um, <laughs> you know, you get off these things sometimes. <laughs> but but I have have since read it and it is absolutely fantastic. It's one of those sort of Imperial War Museum re-releases. They, yes, they, it is. It's done, one of their it? imprint. Yeah, and it's yeah. really really good. I, I I I thought it was fantastic. And you and it was written I think in the sort of early sixties or something. So it's still pretty fresh. Yeah. Only fifteen years after, and it's by a guy who's there. And it sort of tells us that everything about it just smacks of authenticity, doesn't it? Yes, I mean, it, in, in, in an odd way, it reminded me very much of Ken Tout. Mm. Although, although it's not, uh, Tank is all first is first person, isn't it? So it reminds me of sort of halfway between Ken Tout and the Zeno, where there's a you know there's a cast of characters all going through all going through different stages, and there's the, the you know the the, the the thing of the rookie. The, the 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 rookie yeah. getting to getting to grips with it, the old experienced soldier. The, there's right. all those all those characters built in to tell the story, and I, um, I, it, it's very it's very very um, 
It's very entertaining. Uh, uh, well, not entertaining. It's the wrong word. It's 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 really really well done, but it's suffused with sadness. Yeah, it's very compelling, really isn't it? It's very compelling, yeah, and, yeah. and you you do get a real feel for the sort of brutality of it and helpful. And, yeah. and also, and it's just it's just got loads and loads of little details which you would only know, I think, really if you you've been yeah. there. Sort of the language, the kind of the, the yeah. sort of habits they get into, all that kind of stuff. The yeah. Sort of, you know, and also the, it, it's it's the casual violence, isn't it? You know, which is always yeah, so, yeah. so so sort of shocking. Well, there's that. There's the the first incident, the opening incident. Once they've landed, when um, when uh, the the really experienced sergeant Donovan spots a spots an eighty eight, tells the artillery, tells the um, FOO, um, and the FOO says, "Well, I can't very well put in a stonk without seeing my, seeing it for myself, sergeant." So goes forward in his steward and he's blown up yeah by the 88 yeah and then donovan donovan then piles a load of rounds on it and deals with it but it's that thing of just just you know that must have happened yeah you, you just know that that's got completely the texture of a thing that um he, uh, it's elstob isn't it who wrote it yeah that peter, he saw elstob. For him, peter elstob that he saw for himself that that will have happened yeah. anyway um anzac day though yeah we mustn't ignore our aussie chams um no mate uh no, nah, mate. No, nah, mate. Um, I was, of course. Um, go on, go on. No, yeah, well, Ernest Malley, Ernest Malley, our Australian correspondent, who's been reminding us of of um, fronts and battlefields and exploits um, in in a lot of the, I mean, genuinely forgotten theatres. I mean, I think one of the things that's quite interesting about the Forgotten Army is, for, as Forgotten Armies go, people have at least heard of the Forgotten Army um, uh, uh, and at least talk about it. In yeah, terms they're not forgotten, the it, have they? Forgot- <laughs> they've not forgotten the forgotten army exactly but there's entire australian actions um and stuff always this strange thing of playing second fiddle to to the americans mm. in the in the, in the not in the pacific in in the you know it, in the sort of scrambled egg above australia yeah where there's all those campaigns where they're again they're, they're they're having to apart from the kokoda trail all that sort of stuff where they're having to take an airstrip they're having to force yeah. the japanese out and it's all basically all the unglamorous stuff, all the unimportant stuff, but that still needs to be done. Yeah. Um, uh, and and also, let's Australian not forget campaigns. that, you know, um, um, Aussie and, and New Zealanders uh, are in the RAF and they're in every theatre yep. right from the start right through to the very end. Um, yep. They're in the Navy from the start to the very end. Yeah. You know, uh, the, you know, the, the Ninth Australian Division goes back after, goes back to Australia after Alamein. And, and doesn't play yeah. a further part in the in the um, European theatre, but they you know they're involved they... in Borneo and New Guinea and so, but just because they're you know they're needed back home really, right? And there's some well, and there's all the there's all the uh, sort of political lever pulling going on as yeah, well, yeah, isn't yeah. There? But 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 you know they're yeah, they're, no. they're playing a very very active role in 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 the Second World War. And actually, I was just just reading about this morning, um, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Lieutenant Commander J M Ramsey of the Royal Australian Navy is the first. Man into Akiab Town, which is a little island off the Arakan coast in really? Burma, in January 1945, early January 1945. He goes in there, raises the raises the, raises the flag, and actually it's quite funny because it's um um was it 20 25th Indian Division uh, a landing alongside 42nd Royal Marine Commando, right? Yeah, and, it, and it's 42nd Royal Marine Commando secure the beachhead. On yep. on on Akab Island, and they're then followed up by forty four Royal Marine Commando, all part of the Third Commando Brigade. Yep. By the time they get there, tide's gone out, <laughs> and you know it's not nice, lovely sand. It's oh. it's mud, and they're all wading through this mud. And there's this 
Aussie um, journalist called Roy Mackay, and he's watching the whole thing, and he ca- he calls it a sabu, not a snafu, What's a sabu, a, a sabu a mate. Sabu. That's a self-adjusting that, balls up. Ah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> Hello, uh, Sabu, mate. It's a self-adjusting a bulls up. self-adjusting bulls up. Anyway, I quite yeah, like that. that. Bloody self-adjusting bulls up. I yeah. like that. That's very strong, isn't it, mate? I think it's, it's strong. Really I'm going to use it a lot. I kind of that, prefer it to snuffy. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Bulls up is, Brit- is British in a way that... Yeah. Snafu yeah, always I'm has that American, sort of American thing, feel. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the English... It bulls up is more... Is more. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an Australian using it, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A Sabu. Sabu. S A B U. Yeah, a self-adjusting bullseye. Now, now this this campaign though. This is the sort of this is so 1944, 14th Army, Forgotten Army that we never stopped talking about has defeated. <laughs> has defeated the, the not forgotten, forgotten army. They're not forgotten. They're not forgotten. They're not forgotten. <laughs> they have. They have. They have basically smashed the Japanese army in in Burma in 1944, haven't they? But now and made up the made up their losses from the previous two years or the, the, the well you know, the, they, the fly, they've flight no- flight over the sitang and everything right yeah 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 so, so so what's happened is is they haven't sort of smashed them in burma really they they've 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 won it they've knocked back operation hargo in february 1944 yeah. which is the battle of the admin box and 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 they've sort of pushed them up and then and then everyone's been distracted by the Battle of Imphal and Kimber, which, strictly speaking, well, no, not even strictly speaking. I mean, just one hundred percent is in India, not in Burma. Yes. So that's yes. It, although that's all part of the what we call the Burma campaign. Burma campaign, it yeah. It, it isn't. Um, and and then they're kind of pushing back. They do, and you know, and and that part of the front does cross over into Burma, but the Arakan front, last sort of you know scene of of. of big fighting back in sort of you know early march 1944 has been pretty quiet because of course the monsoon comes in may and a monsoon in that part of the world is absolutely horrific and was a bit like winters in the war in europe yeah a particularly really? bad one a particularly bad, bad one, one. Oh, bad. so fighting didn't entirely stop but there were certainly no major operations and i think it's fair to say that the um i mean it's a it's a it's the um 28th and 38th army isn't it so the 28th army is in that part the japanese 28th army is in that neck of the woods and they're told to go on the defensive in july 1944 but basically they've been on the defensive since march 1944 and 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 spare troops have been withdrawn over to help the 33rd who are obviously getting absolutely pummeled um in the center um and of course it's um 15th army that have gone into imphal and and you know, so uh, this is so the, the you, Burma armor era is it, is it? That is the biggest area of 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 Japanese troops at the time. But 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 the the reason you need to deal with the Arakan is if you're if you are pushing through Burma and you're trying to get to Mandalay, um, the Arakan is on your right flank. If you're the if you're the the, the British the UKED forces, isn't it? The British yes. Imperial forces. It's on your right flank, so you need to you know Cox's Bazaar. Uh, 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 is at the is at the end of India. Yes, in what is now Bangladesh the was then Bengal. Ex- ex- exactly right. So you need you need to you you need to clear this what would be a pocket of people on your right flank if you're going to successfully right. heave to Mandalay. Right. That's what. No, that's it's more to Rangoon. On. It's a, well, you, yes, well, you, you want well, to make sure that your flank is protected. But what you're eventually trying to do is 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 push on southwards towards Rangoon. 
And that is what the Germans, are, uh, the, the Japanese, sorry, are, are protecting you from. You know, that's what they're defending furiously. I mean, all part of that kind of, sort of general general front. Because um, you're but, pushing, you, 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 the Allies, the, the British rather, are pushing, are pushing down and across and down, aren't they? Basically? Yes. So, so yes. east and south. And obviously, but, but you, there's you a great need... tract of kind of hills and jungle separating the main frost down from from Manipur, kind of India, in, you know, across the Irrawaddy and all that kind of stuff. Um, that, that that's a several hundred miles away. The, this coastal strip is. So it, it's 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 lined Budidong, by these Routedong, all those places, Buffidong, yeah, um, and all that, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. exactly, um, and Carney and stuff, and, and so basically, what you've got is you've got this, it's these little sort of ridges of of hills, and they're sort of mountains really, but kind of sort of jagged hills covered in jungly stuff. Then you've got these sort of flat, um, sort of paddy fields and, and low ground. Um, which are just absolutely interwoven with chongs, which are these kind of rivers uh, and often tidal rivers. And this sort of absolute kind of mashup of islands and sea and all the rest. I mean, you know, and, and mud and mangroves and all the rest. I mean, it is truly difficult terrain on which to fight. So there is this one road that is now going south from the kind of sort of Calapanzin Valley um, down through Buffidong, which goes all the way, leads all the way down to Rangoon. Um, and, and that is, so for the Japanese point of view, their supply lines is that road or the coast. So what you want to do is you want to kind of, you, you want to press down with first the 81st West African Division and then the 82nd West African Division then takes over. And you want to press down with them from the north. That's the hammer. And then you want this kind of sort of anvil sort of sweeping around behind, cutting the supply line, cutting that single road, and also cutting off the obvious seaborne yeah. escape routes as well yeah. and supply lines. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happens is that they, you know they're pushing down from the north in, in in sort of October, November, December, sort of gently, 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 sort of pushing them, pushing them back. Then there is the kind of the next step, obvious step, is stepping stone is to take Akiab Island, which is a significant island with a with a airfield yeah. on just off the coast. They get into that, they they manage to take that kind of. Um, the Japanese have already bugged out. So then the next thing is to take the Maibon Peninsula, which is this sort of yeah. bit that juts southwards with these two big rivers kind of running either side of it, which are which are you know saltwater, tidal, all the rest of it. And they yeah. managed to take that the, the the third commandos and the um and the and the twenty fifth Indian to take that, and then the next step is to take Kangor, which is on this yeah. road, and it's only a little village. I mean, it's absolutely tiny. I mean, this is very. This is. Uh, 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 by the way, I, I thoroughly recommend people, uh, and I'm doing it right now. I've got the I've got Google Maps open, and I'm looking. I'm looking at these places as as you as you scroll. Yeah, down, yeah, yeah. Basically, as down the coast. So I recommend people do that because it. it then you start to you start to see how complicated all this, uh, uh, you know, t- terrain notwithstanding, how complicated this is. Full stop. Yeah. Because this is this is a, a coast with lo- an awful lot of um, r- rivers and rivulets coming to the coming to the ocean, lots of separate islands, lots of broken up bits, and again, I mean, again, this is very interesting because we talk about the Allied way of war in the West. That it's all about nodal points because you're you're you know you you you've got. You've got to get your supply forward and all this sort of thing. This isn't an exception either. This is all about commu- communications, isn't it? So yes. whoever controls the communications in this stretch of the coast basically controls 
um, you know, the, the way in and out of Rangoon, which is after all the way in and yes. out of um, Burma, which is the way in and out of India. You know, so, 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 and, and this isn't like, these aren't like the admin box battles that, uh, 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 that, uh, or Imphal or Kohima that people are familiar with, where air supply is doing all the, all the work, is it? This is an amphibious thing that, that, that the Royal Marine Commandos are doing, isn't it? So it's a kind yeah, which of, is why you've co- got the commandos there. Which is a sort of coast hopping, isn't it? It, it, it yes. Rather than island hopping. It's a sort of coast hopping thing where they hop down and, and put in a fresh landing each time, then break through to where the road is, take the road, clear, uh, and the road's then theirs. And it's, chi- it's sort of cheaper effort-wise to do this coastal hopping, isn't it? Than, than bludgeon your way down this road, right? Well, yes, but it, but it also means you can do the hammer and anvil operations. Yeah, yeah, Where you can sort of effectively sandwich the Japanese. I mean, the key yeah. thing, what you want to do is you want to sort of defeat them there and cut off their supply lines. So, you know, we've absolutely... You know, 14th Army have completely sussed out that the way to defeat the Japanese is to cut off their supply lines. I mean, yeah. I mean that applies everywhere, of course, but it particularly applies, applies here. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I've, I've rather taken to using Google Earth again. Um, yeah. which is its own kind of application um, separate from Google Maps. And right now, I've got up on the screen, I'm looking in kind of 3D. I'm looking at Hill 170, which was codenamed yeah. Brighton. And, and you just can see it. You can see you can see the rivers. You can see the two... Because basically, there's the big river, and then there's these two yeah. tidal chongs, which, which kind of sort of run inland a little bit. And, and, and Hill 170 stands out as a sort of long, thin lozenge um, in an area of sort of flat paddy fields and, and other chongs and, and sort of dried up river features and stuff, which is complete fact. There's a there's a another little sort of smaller little ridge running parallel to yeah. it. Then you can see Kangor in the distance, and then beyond that, it's just hills, hills, hills forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you can see why looking at this terrain, you can see why Hill 170 is such a such a strong yeah. feature. And, and and you know what happens is is uh, number three commando brigade, brigade, you know, do their landings um, on the twenty second of January, nineteen forty five, and they move up and and they're they're, they're split. So I think it's forty two Iron Commando are on the left hand side protecting that kind of open space, that sort of flat yep. ground. Um, one commando is is um, is going up onto the onto the feature, followed by kind of you know fifth commando in reserve, which are the two armed ones, and then forty four is on the on the far side of one Brighty. Yeah. Um, and it is 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 one commando and four troop which which get right to the end and and by looking at it in three d you can see there is this little saddle which sort of separates it two thirds of the way along so that once yep. you're on the kind of northern bit of this long lozenge, you are kind of isolated and exposed yep. and when the big counterattack comes, it comes on the kind of early at five forty five in the morning suddenly they're being hammered by by artillery. By the um, on the thirty first of January, by the Japanese, you know. So, so one commander is is kind of really stuck out on a limb, and it is four yeah. troop that is initially exposed, and it and it and it's Lieutenant Noland who kind of is commanding four troop, and just sees off counterattack after counterattack after counterattack. You know the yeah. sort of you know the Japanese. You know they have this 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 way of fighting which is just to keep coming. You know yeah. they're they're not cowed by losing lots of men. Yeah. And and the idea is that if you just sort of saturate an hour, you you will eventually get there and and be able to defeat your enemy. 
and from yeah. the defender's point of view, all you've got to do is just keep firing. But that's kind of easier said than done because inevitably you're, you're taking casualties and you're kind of running low on ammunition. Yeah. You've got to change magazines over, all this sort of stuff. You know, someone will always get through. Well, and, the, and there's a feeling of being overwhelmed. There's the, 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 that psychological right. impact of, of, of being overwhelmed, basically. Hmm. And, and, you know, by, by the middle of the day, it is, it is blisteringly hot and humid. Yeah. Uh, and so... Although kind of um, four troop managed to kind of hold their ground, it is clearly it's, it needed, you know, a counterattack is needed to kind of sort of push the Japanese right back. Um, and um, and Colonel Ken Trevor, who is the commander of one commando, actually personally takes command of a sort of composite force, which includes um, uh, uh, two, three and, and six troop, I think it is. And yeah. three troop um, contains... Um, uh, um, Darren Little's um, yeah. uh, grandfather, and Darren yeah. is a kind of you know he's an independent member, independent company member, and um, uh, a jolly good egg and all the rest of it. Um, and his grandfather was called Private Thomas Hall, and he's from South Wales, and he's part of Three Troop, and he is fighting in action that day in in one of the kind of you know it's just an incredibly tough brutal fight in in unspeakably yeah. hard conditions against an enemy which is just not going to give up i mean you know by the time yeah. the battle is all over it's a 36 hour battle they managed to hold their ground you know something like 450 japanese dead yeah just yeah. lying I, yeah 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 and this uh, th- this fighting has to all happen doesn't it um you know th- this next phase of the of the burma thing has to happen before the next monsoon doesn't it so, so you're always you're always up against it, aren't yeah. you? Uh, uh, strategically, um, you've got to get it done, haven't you? Yeah, I mean they're, um, they're they're slightly ahead of the game because they're originally, you know, the original plan is to attack take Akyab in a pretty sizable operation on the 18th of February, yeah. uh, and then they get intelligence to suggest that actually the Japanese are bugging out, and then they discover that they've completely bugged out. So, the kind of you know the yeah. the huge great kind of battleship queen elizabeth or whatever it is um and, and and cruisers accompanying and all the rest of it uh they're sort of stood down and it's um and they're able to kind of accelerate it but but this yeah. this just gets forgotten completely because it's it's superseded by what happens at mandalay and mctila which is this sort of you yeah. know which is the main event i suppose but but it's not yeah. you know that's not the main event if you're in number one one commando no. is it <laughs> you know no. or you're no. you're part of three commando brigade in this operation or if indeed you're in the hyderabads who are um uh, actually sent in to attack kangor and take kangor itself you know part of the yeah. um whatever yeah, yeah, 2020 20, yeah, yeah. 20, 21st yeah. indian brigade so you know it's the, you know for, for those involved these are mega mega operations it's just they're completely forgotten and i mean you know you i really can't stress enough you know you look at that google earth imagery or just google map imagery yeah. you can you you really don't need to be a great kind of geographer to understand that this is a freaking nightmare place in which to fight um how much um uh mapping would they have done because we, we've talked you know we have touched on the map on the mapping thing um a bit and and as particularly in western europe how you know the photo reconnaissance and and all that sort of stuff is very much geared to producing maps in a great hurry and making sure that everyone has maps ready i mean is a similar pr effort going on in this theater yeah there is, or is actually all oh, right there is right because because after all you know the the the, the perception of this theater is very much it's the you know it's it's the it's the bridesmaid um uh 
compared to Western Europe. And yeah, it, do, it, do they? Well, it's, it's just it's, it's 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 the same of absolutely everything. They've got they've got the photo reconnaissance. They got it, but but the process of getting that back to kind of Calcutta, getting it, you know, yeah. getting the maps then printed, worked out, sent forward to the front. You know, just everything takes longer. Everything is more of a palaver. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I've, I've I looked at loads of. I mean, I remember when I was doing my Burma forty four book on the admin box. I I found loads of maps at the um, little heart centre at King's College. You know, yeah. various people's sort of papers and stuff, and they were they were pretty good. But but what it doesn't tell you, for example, is that you know, and there were also various sort of topographical and geological kind of um, reports and stuff as well. Uh, and it says things like mangrove here, yeah. but it doesn't tell you when the tide is out, you're going to be in glutinous mud that will make yeah. any kind of movement across it extremely difficult yeah. and hazardous. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I think they're always being confronted by the unexpected. And they're always being confronted by you know the, for, the 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 second enemy is is the is the terrain yeah, and the and the, terrain, the yeah. and the kind of conditions and the fact that people are kind of dropping like flies from dysentery and hepatitis yeah, and, and malaria fever and, and yeah, yeah 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 and and apparently the, the malaria in this part of the world after this particularly heavy monsoon was so bad that even the kind of sort of mepocrine tablets they were taking religiously were. weren't quite cutting it it was like a sort of particularly bad variant of COVID or something. Yeah. You know, so that's well, what you're well, always up against. And it's just, you, you know, it's one is just can't be anything other than totally awestruck that, that they're able to do anything, let alone defend a kind of sort of jungly clad, croggy, you know, craggy hundred foot high hill from marauding Japanese Shouting banzai yeah. and wielding swords and, you know, using yeah. old-fashioned rifles with very long bayonets. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. they might be kind of, you know, from the technological point of view of 1945, pretty behind times, but that's still damn scary, isn't it? Yeah. And you're a hell of yes. a long way from home. And yeah. it's a horrible place to die. Well, and also, and also, this isn't the war of national survival either, is it? If we're honest. No. If you're if if you're if you need that fire in your belly, um, if you're a chap in in, in Normandy, you're fighting to save your country, aren't you? Is what 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 are you doing here? You could you well. It's the yeah, it's the question absolutely. because after all because after all you know question by 1945 questions of empire have faded from the political discourse in the UK itself, you know, and you're you, you've got a much more national discourse going on in politics. Yeah. In a way that in 1940 it's all about empire. By 1945 it definitely isn't. And you've got, you know, the Japanese aren't dropping V bombs on London, are they? No, um, uh, no, no, they're absolutely not. They're absolutely not. So there's a, that question. I think that question I think is always a very, very interesting one. I mean, uh, uh, Harry Birrell in the Harry Birrell film, he did a bit of he did a bit, a bit of coastal mapping, didn't he? That, that got sent off to do coastal mapping as part of the Harry Birrell story. I seem oh, to remember yes, yes, in yes, this yes. in this part of the world. So, yeah. um, yes. so maybe he had a maybe that. he'd had no. a look. Yeah. Well, I mean, hats off to all those guys from Third Commando Brigade. To be perfectly honest, it's unbelievable. But, but also, you know, hats off to Private Thomas Hall from South Wales. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah, absolutely, he did his bit. Right, we're going to take a very very quick break, and then we will be back with uh, some of your letters and questions. 
Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and of course with James Holland uh, with his blistered hobbit feet. Right. No, and, actually, uh, I've got no blisters, and so much so have I not got what? blisters. That I, no, I don't have blisters. I actually then played 80 overs of cricket on Saturday. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, what was your score, final score? Well, we 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 um we kept them to a very uh, very low two hundred and fifty eight off forty overs and uh, threw them over the line. Yeah, really? You know, yeah, no, yeah, nice little pitch. I was eighty one not out. And um, amazing. Yeah, and uh, I was a very very happy man on Saturday evening. Did your how was your brother's cricket on Saturday though? Oh, he didn't play cricket. He was he he, he, All right. he wasn't up for it. Yeah, right, no, no, okay. he was no cricket. But it was nice actually because I had a little partnership with Ned at the end there. He was seventeen not out off nine. Ah, brilliant! When we we saw the team home, sporting, oh, I should nice. say, our new newly sponsored. We have ways of making you talk shirts. Fantastic. Jolly smart they look too. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> a, a fine day was had by all. Ah, oh, no, wonderful. it was really good. I loved it. Right, um, we should do some correspondence. Um, we should. Uh, here we go. Uh, before we get to the correspondence proper, here's a quick note from listener Simon Clark. Hello, the two of you. Loving the podcast as it is helping me lose weight and keep fit by going for walks just so I can listen to it in peace. My wife thinks I'm having an affair, but I haven't admitted to her that I have an affliction with two blokes. Keep up the good work, Simon Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, cheers. Well, Simon. happy to sow discord in your marriage, my friend. OK. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, actually, just uh, want to think about it. What, what was that one yeah. we got today about the guy who's using Nissan huts or something? Oh, yeah. That was really yeah, good, yeah, wasn't let it? Just, let me just dig I that just up. I just thought that let was just brilliant. Dig, I love that Let me that just idea. dig that up. Okay. Um, this, is, um, this is from Joey Smith. Hello, Alan James. Love the pod. I'm an independent company member since its formation. I'm standing in May's council election in Portsmouth for the Workers' Party of Britain. Now I'm pushing the idea of national restaurants, much like the British restaurant in the war, with very cheap food so people don't have to rely on food banks for a meal. And I found a a company that will build prefabricated housing for a fraction of the cost. Many of the prefabs that were built after the war are still standing in the Paulsgrove and Porchester areas of Portsmouth. Is there any other ideas in the war that may help help me in my campaign? Keep up the good work. Um, uh, uh, Many thanks, Joey Smith. Well, what an utterly fantastic idea. Yeah. I absolutely love that. What's mm, not to like? It's really good. Yeah, yeah really, 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 good. really good. Well, you could, I mean, the whole point of Nissan huts was they were cheap to make, weren't they? Yeah. You know, you well, have a concrete yes, base, lower lo- in line of bricks, and just put the asphalt in. Asbestos. <laughs> I think. <laughs> was it all asbestos? So, well, think, obviously. Of course it was. <laughs> okay, so no asbestos. But there must, you must be able to get kind of, you know, corrugated, non asbestos. Sheets. It is interesting, isn't it, that the sort of prefab house thing doesn't seem to be a um, solution anyone seems to be reaching for when it comes to the fact that we are short of housing in this country. No. The, 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 I mean, as as far as I know, yeah. it does seem that it does seem that that doesn't that doesn't seem to be a a, a thing that anyone's resorting to which is odd really because we are we are obviously very very short of housing in this country and it would um maybe that would speed the plow a little although it always used to be the thing didn't they? i remember when i was a kid that the, you know the prefabs that were still standing there was a sort of sense of a sense of uh they wouldn't um, be standing shame. for too much longer well no a sense of shame about that that you know they're still they're still in the prefabs oh, see, that were yeah. chucked up after the war you know as a stop yeah. gap yeah um, yeah yeah uh anyway Anyway, that but that, well, good, well, good well, luck, good luck to him. I mean, what yeah, a great idea! Yeah, good luck, Joey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, Alan Kirk has a question. 
Hi, James and Al. Love your podcast. I enjoy it from my home near Toulouse in France. Mm. I moved from the UK and I've been living there since 2008. That's that. I mean, I wonder if that's anywhere near the place I've been going in the Garonne. Alan Art says, I know there was a relationship between Germany and Japan, but I believe it was not strong and didn't result in much reciprocal support. So why was it nailed on that Pearl Harbor would bring the US into the war against Germany? Keep up the good work, Alan. Mm. Well, that's quite. That's because Hitler's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the, sorry, sorry to be brief with you, Alan. It's um, Hitler. They, they, they are talking. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, before the war, there's an awful lot of um, uh, there's an awful lot of chat between Germany, Germany, Italy, and Japan about how they can um, what they can do to help each other, and um. The Germans piss the Japanese off by coming to an accord with Stalin, with with the Russians, and so there's a breach with Japan at that point in thirty nine. There's a there's a there's a, a not a falling out as such, but basically a kind of um, a, 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 a feeling of oh hey ho that that's not working out for us. And because the, the even though because the, the Germans the Germans do a thing of disinvesting from from um, uh, from China. And towards Japan to, to to butter the Japanese up, but in the end, Hitler picks Stalin because Stalin can do him the most immediate favors at the time in 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 terms of resources primarily. In terms of well, primarily in terms of resources, but also but also in terms of, Poland. Yeah, Poland. Yes, exactly. But also one borders. If one borders, one borders, he's going to have to fight everybody at yeah. some point. So get France done first, um, yeah. or. or bring the bring the whatever's going to happen with france to a head first and then and then you know and then move and then of course and then of course events speed all those things up and and change the tempo perhaps of what the germans are trying to hitler was trying to achieve but basically it it it, that there is a lot of there is a lot of to and fro a lot of chat and they are they are trying to um and once the war starts they are trying to bring the japanese on side but obviously the japanese the japanese have fought the russians um, uh, in '39, haven't they? There's the, 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 they have. So, yeah. so that makes it more difficult for Germany, having made a peace deal with the with the Russians. But, but Hitler, Hitler's quite clear that you know that 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 come the moment he's going to, if the Japanese move against the Western powers, then he's going to. They're obviously got. They're in the same boat. Yeah. So it's it's Hitler very much deciding that this is inevitability. I mean the it. it it is. I think it is nailed on that Pearl Harbor will bring the U- U.S. into the war against Germany. There's just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, in the U.S. There's there's sort of argument about this though, isn't there? There's there are people who say, well, this doesn't mean we have to go to war with the Germans because there's a chunk of people who don't see that as necessary. <clears throat> but it's Hitler declaring war on on America that that. Ca- yeah, on, that on casts the eleventh December nineteen forty one. Exactly, that casts the die and the and the the. the you know, th- then what follows is the Americans deciding which war to fight first. Although, you know, uh, 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 we talked about this the other day with with that picture of Murderers Row with all those aircraft carriers. Is that very much, you know, f- given that given it's J- Germany first, Japan second, that still doesn't mean they're not they're not putting in a shift against Japan. No, <laughs> I mean it's interesting, it isn't it? Because J- J- Japan joins the Axis on the thirtieth of September, nineteen forty. But, yeah. but but being part of the Axis doesn't mean that you're then involved in the war. I mean, in the same way that no, you know, Italy not. doesn't join the war in 1st of September 1939. It does. It waits till no. the 10th of June 1940. So yeah. you can be you can have an alliance, but that doesn't 
oblige you to fight. I mean, the interesting thing is is that the, the reaction by Churchill and Hitler is pretty much the same when yep. the news of Pearl Harbor comes through, which yep. is, hooray, we're going to win the war after all. And it just betrays Hitler's total lack of any geopolitical understanding that he should think that yeah. because he assumes that because Japan, that, that means that he doesn't have to worry about America anymore yeah, yeah. because America's yeah. inevitably going to be fighting for its own interests. Yeah. Why would America worry about Nazi Germany in Europe? I mean, why would it care? It's just insane. Yeah. So, of course, it's going to go and sort out the Japanese. So that's yeah. fine. They can do that. And then that leaves, gives him a free hand. Yeah. completely completely kind of misunderstanding the kind of nature of the threat and the situation yeah. and the strength of America and all the rest of it and, and and you know what has been interesting is is it is first mooted um in the autumn of 1940 that that um that America would go into a, a kind of Germany first policy which is then reinforced in March 1941 with the ABC talks um then reconfirmed again in that kind of mid-Atlantic meeting in August 1941. And so that has always been the plan. Obviously, it's, it's, it's one thing talking about it and and it's another, you know, and agreeing it in theory and it's quite another in reality. So it's not until the Arcadia Conference when the British Chiefs of Staff move over to Washington in middle of December 1941, after Pearl Harbor, that it is absolutely kind of written in stone. So there is some debate. But Hitler declaring war on the United States before the United States have declared war on Germany is insane. But also complete, but also, also completely in character, completely explicable. Totally. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, just, you know, a, a lot of Hitler's decisions, because they're completely insane, doesn't mean they're completely. Doesn't mean they're inexplicable at all. He 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 wants a, He's he's been talking about a global confrontation. He you know he 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 thinks America. He doesn't know anything about America, but he thinks it's you know this this corrupted racial mel melting pot run by Jews, by Ju run yeah. by Jews, um, uh, prone to its own internal weaknesses that will and contradictions that will cause it to collapse, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, because he because he doesn't know anything about he's saying that because he really doesn't know anything about America, and uh, uh, he doesn't know. It, actually, there's an awful lot he doesn't know. Let's face it. Yes, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, and, you know, and if you want to take over the world, understanding your enemy is quite important. And and you know, one of his big failings is he always looks at the world and everybody else through his same narrow worldview. So he sort of thinks, you know, I mean, this is this is the big problem at Dunkirk. He just assumes that for him, losing your army is like the most catastrophic thing on the planet ever, 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 ever. Of course, Britain will sue for peace. You know, but that, that kind of fails to understand that the Navy is the number one uh, part of the armed forces for Britain in 1940. You know, so it's just it's just time and time again, he, he's sort of hamstrung by his own shortcomings well, and of it's a geopolitical about, lack of understanding. It, it's also that peculiar thing, isn't it, that he wants to defeat, you know, he, he wants he wants an empire like the British, is what he's, well, yes. you know, it's one of the things he's angling for, isn't he? Yeah. He wants an empire like the British, but he doesn't understand what an empire like the British Empire is. He doesn't understand what that means in, in, in terms of the British Empire being his opponent, for instance. He, he, he just thinks it means they're powerful, but he doesn't know how that power is expressed, what it is. How deep their pockets might be, and all that sort of stuff. He just doesn't know, does he? He's got to, no, has, has uh, no uh, and also a proper appreciation of that. At least that's the, probably the better way of putting. Yeah, and also you know, you know, Britain might have a kind of slightly sort of um, a, a very kind of superior attitude and uh, towards other people and the people that they're they're kind of overseeing. 
Um, but they're not trying to sort of impose genocide on whole nations either or whole tranches of people. So that's the other big thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's I mean, it's it's really interesting this though because it's entirely inevitable that he will declare war on the Americans. Um, yeah. When he does, I think he's. I think it, that's one of those completely overdetermined things. He's caught in that course of action, yeah. you know, well, well before he makes that decision. Um, yeah. And and also, it's also to do with him thinking, right? Uh, you know, this is the global front confrontation between me and world jury, and uh, you know, to complete the set, I have to be fighting the Americans as well. Is 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 how he's thinking, isn't it? The, mm. the, the, Entirely, and that's why that's why it's nailed on that Pearl Harbor will bring. But, the US but I mean, can you think of a more idiotic decision to kind of you know oh, yeah. you, Germany <laughs> with its with its shortages in in supplies, its lack of oil, lack of those sort of really really basic ingredients that you need to protract a kind of you know a global war, taking on Britain, Empire, Soviet Union, and the United States all at once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bonkers. Yeah. I mean, that that is just bonkers. Yes, you'd think what you'd do is everything to avoid, because because after all, after all, he's trying to avoid a war on two fronts. That that uh, 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 so to land himself in a trifecta. Is the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it then is... there, but there, but then there's the endless process of radicalization, of self radicalization that the Nazis go through the minute the war starts, and Hitler is. Hitler is entirely guilty of that himself, yes. isn't it? Because after all, you know, the, you look at the diplomatic games he plays in the 30s and his ability to pull back at the moment where things are going to go go too far or he's going to overheat the German economy and to p- pull away from those kind of decisions. Once the war started, all of that, all of that kind of um, uh, caution, really, and his ability and his ability to to to, to weigh and assess What's going? This is, a, you know, he's a brilliant in the thirties. He's a brilliant diplomatic politician. He's quite brilliant at, at outfoxing people diplomatically. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's but, just but yeah, he, he is. But it is still European politics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, well, exactly, I mean, you know, exactly, all he's got to do is exactly. sort of, you know, get one over Benesh and you know Chamberlain yeah. and, and sort well, of Gladiator. Well, it's like you know, it's not quite yeah. the same thing as sort of taking on, you know, communist Soviet Union, United States of America. And Britain all at once. Yeah, yeah. You well, exactly. Yeah. So he can. So basically, he once he once he gets the world stages, he, <laughs> you know, yeah. he can he can win he can win a local derby. But when he gets to the world exactly. stages, he's got real problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Something um, like that. <laughs> um, uh, Graham King um, uh, asks. Um, uh, this is quite good. We've 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 answered a question. Graham King asks um, or says, "Hi there. I've only just started listening to the podcast from the be- from the beginning. Oh bloody hell, mate! And I'm already hooked." His question is, "Who cleared af- up after the battles ended? Someone had to collect and bury the bodies, scrap destroyed vehicles, and generally get rid of the massive amounts of detritus that must have been left behind." As Al said in episode one is a long time ago but i'll stand by i think i got this right even in episode one it was nothing if not a war of stuff so there must have been a huge amount of waste to get rid of i'd all i've always imagined that some enterprising scrap dealers must have made fortunes from it thanks very much graham king yeah that's well, a good question well yeah there was a huge amount um inevitably so i mean let's take for, for one example normandy because that's very much our, our favorite reference point um if we, I mean, you know, what was happening very quickly, they were they were clearing the battlefields, not least because you just need to get stuff out of the way. Um, 
So they had they would set up these huge kind of fields where they'd just sort of deposit this stuff. Um, and they absolutely would melt it down for scrap and you'd reuse it. Um, but inevitably, lots of stuff was missed. Um, and enterprising French farmers, you know, would, would keep bits of sort of tiger turret and stuff in their barns for the next 25 years and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you can still well, go n- near Mortain, you can still see a pamphlet turret in someone's garden, for example. Yeah. Not turret, yeah. a kind well, of barrel. Yeah, and in well, and in and Kent, um, most Kent farms have something in a shed, don't they? The yeah, they do. But but yeah, you know, you need to get rid of all this stuff because it's all live ordnance and things um, as well, um, and and it represents a huge amount of steel, which it can be obviously be reused. Yeah. I mean, mainly it was done by the by the very you know the you know by Britain by America whatever, for the most part, but not entirely. And, and it was what, service troops who were doing that. You know, the whole yeah, people who. Pioneer Corps and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. So all these guys are, you know, they are there specifically to kind of, you know, clear roads, you know, sort stuff out, mend things, um, clear up rubbish, sweep things away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a massive job, though, isn't it? And it's then, a and then, massive and then job. And then there's the business of burying the dead, who will be interred where they are, and then tend to get reinterred don't they and, and sent to sort of central organized graveyards yeah it's what happens isn't it it's the, i mean it's the... i've got those photos of those, those fields and they're um uh where, where are they in uh, isigny and um they're, they're just south of it what if you go along the motorway now of sort of you know from from, from cherbourg to sort of Bayer and Caen, just as you go past it you've got if you're going to in the direction of Bayer and Caen, you've got Isigny on your left. The fields they were in there, there's these photo, where these photos were taken, were just on the right, and um, they're just absolutely full. They're full to bursting with dead panthers, half tracks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've whatever. looked we've looked at one on the on the picture paints a thousand words. Actually, we've looked we at have, a couple of those. We have looked at a field where there are there are shattered tanks, as far as the eye can see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the allies, the Allied tanks tend to be being if they're being if they can be patched up, they're being patched up. But the German ones are being parked in the field to rust, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, t- t- tends to be it. And then after the war, you've got, you know, you've got that business of Spitfires being dumped in the sea in large oh, amounts rather than scrapped, God. which I think is quite interesting. That that the scrap value, there's so many of them, they have no scrap value. I think yeah. it's sort of amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's um, it's where Boris keeps wanting to buy, um, build that tunnel to, or bridge to Ireland, isn't it? That that apparently is full of Spitfires and Lancasters and munitions. Um, is that so? Sort of, yeah, there's a ditch in the that. sea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where where, where, where lots, an awful lot, were dumped. How amazing! Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, well. Anyway, yeah, which is another another reason it's a crazy idea. Anyway, <laughs> we've asked, we've actually answered more than one question, haven't we? That's two. I, I I think that if we try and answer the the next one that's on the thing, we will talk for fifty minutes. Okay, well, so let's, see, think let's, we'll, let's roll it over to next. Let's week. leave it for next time. We'll roll it over. It's a rollover question. That one. Um, that's it for today. <laughs> if you missed either of our two shows over the weekend, do please try and catch up. Guy oh, Martin was, Guy Martin was so funny, wasn't he? Oh, that DB six oh five. It was so funny. Yeah. I mean, he was really animated, wasn't he? But then when we got him onto the DB six oh five, he suddenly went. Yeah, he turned really, into a really person, animated. A d- different person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, he um, talked quickly. Uh, yeah. He even but talked that, faster than my daughter. It was amazing, wasn't it? Uh, but that also flicked up um, uh, uh, for us to try and sort something out with Callum Douglas, who has written a book um, about oh, the yes. uh, about the um, um, the secret horsepower race. 
So basically, yes, 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 yes. The this development of the, the development of the piston engine yes. in in the Second World War, and you know, because he and he, the pitch of the book is, yeah, yeah, they invent the jet. Wow. In the course of the war, but every single crucial and major engagement engagement is is with a you know piston hmm. propeller aircraft. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's what that's that's where the action is, and that's what's happening in engineering. And and obviously, what they're trying to do and how they're trying to and how they're trying to make it happen, I think is it, it, you know it is a good story. So we're going to no, try, we should we should go, gonna, we should try and persuade him to come on because I, I I think occasionally it's good to go in a geek engineering oh. geek. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we're gonna so we're gonna try and sort that out as soon as we can. Um, uh, and I think he, I think I know he, he, he follows us, and I think he, he may even listen to the podcast. So we're gonna try and get Callum on to to sort of you know hop on hop on board Guy Martin's enthusiasm, and then ride it right round every last yeah. spark plug of the of the damn thing. Yeah, no, no, anyway, I'd, love, I'd love to do that. And we've also we've tons of stuff that we've banked um, in lockdown. There's so we've interviewed so many people. I can't remember all the things we've um, covered. Is the um, yeah. Uh, is the issue here? Um, oh, of course, Sunday's family stories uh, this week included an incredible story from an American listener about an airman trapped in his gunner's. Oh position. my god, that story was amazing! Well, we listened to it. In How the car, good was yeah. that? That's you yeah, know, we, that's Jared Wright. He, he's the guy who was yeah. who was at death's door with COVID last year. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah I do. Yeah. In Texas, yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 listened to that driving back from um from our little weekend break. Um, in the car, and I said, I, I put it on, and I said to, I said to the, the missus, I said, um, this one's like something out of a comic book. It's like you won't believe this. Yeah. And she's, I'm always saying that, right? And and you get to the bit where he's caught on the door handle. <laughs> yes, and then he has the presence of mind to kind of think if he actually just sort of rolls I, rolls yeah, round, roll, it will roll free way, himself. Like, I know. Yeah. Holy moly! Extraordinary. You, you could have gone all the way down to the ground to touch that aeroplane without figuring it out, couldn't you? That's the thing. The, yeah, the, the real yeah, yeah. Of it. Absolutely incredible. Uh, ab- extraordinary story. Anyway, so, um, and by the way, if you do want to send in your family stories, it's um, uh, wehavewayspod at gmail.com um, and headline them family stories so that we uh, definitely see them. Uh, we are, what is really brilliant is we are, I mean, international stories is people as well, people from the US writing to us from all over the world. Yeah, um, I love that. And, you know, filling in the dots on the pointy list picture of the Second World War that um, one day we will be able to hold aloft for the entire world. Anyway, um, don't miss that on Sundays. We're back on Thursday with a guest in the morning. And I don't know who it is, though, this week. And a live stream in the evening. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio.